0: Hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Gene Poole, and there's a little Gene Pool in all of us. Uh, we are very honored to have a man named Keith Lipinski as our guest for this, uh, th- what is it, seventh podcast in the Gene Poole Show podcast. <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> Welcome, Keith. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time.
1: Uh, Gene, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, Very interesting right now, as I'm watching you play this guitar, as I like to call it, I was worried, should I come in? Should I start singing? Should I sit there and make up (laughs) lyrics for the Gene Pool podcast? Gene Poole, I can't even make the anagrams right now. But Gene, thanks for having me on, bud.
0: I'm very interested in... Uh, how you came to be the uh,
1: jukebox curator? I like to say curator because that. that makes me seem like a, like a like I'm an archaeologist sort of like it's you the are. Indiana Jones you that are. I always wanted to be. Uh, let's see, I've now been the curator at Simon's Tavern's jukebox uh, since 2005. Actually, I originally from Berwyn, Illinois, uh, moved into the city in 1997, and there was a disc jockey on WGN by the name of Nick DeGilio who at that point was actually working at Simon's Tavern, giving him some free advertising. So I remember going there, and as much as I enjoyed the bar, the thing that drew me to that bar was that jukebox. That jukebox had such wonderful songs on there where I was just like, wow, this is really, really good. And stuff I knew and also stuff I didn't know. So it would, to me, it was like, wow, this is, this is the key to a really, really good jukebox. And then uh, – just started hanging out there one day, started doing The Door, and then uh, basically learned, got a sort of a musical education from Jim Langelli, who was the head uh, head bartender there at the time. And then when he left, it all of a sudden came upon these shoulders to take care of the jukebox. But it seemed like <laughs> it seemed like a year or so before he left uh, to go down to Alabama, it seemed like he was giving me a little bit more free reign in the stuff that I like to put on there. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of a education sort of thing. I, would, I like mm-hmm. to think that Jim was sort of like my... Mr. Miyagi to my streetwise, Daniel LaRusso.
0: Okay. So, So once you got control of this thing, of this jukebox... Were you a little overwhelmed or you're just like, no, I got this?
1: Uh, a little overwhelmed at first. I believe one of the first discs I put in was Queen's Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime, uh, which, you know, I know all the listeners here know, but uh, is a concept record uh, of the 1980s. Uh, sort of heavy metal, but also just a very good record, in my opinion. And I remember the owner of, of Simon's calling me up being like, the, the, the people are complaining about Operation Mindcrime. Which was like, well, they were complaining about it in nineteen eighty nine, Scott. We're a long way away. It was just it was it was the first few weeks were rough, but then it sort of smoothed out, you know, mm-hmm. once once they saw that I was willing to stay it wasn't like I all of a sudden okay we're just gonna have uh, 98 gangster rap records and two Dolly Parton records I think p- people were pretty just okay we know that this guy sort of knows what he's doing you know so it it, it started off being sort of problematic but then became very easy to gravitate you know I've always, I've always been a big music fan, like in college times when I think friends of mine were, you know, going on dates or, uh, doing drugs, I think I was just listening to a lot of great music and just hanging out at a lot of different record stores in Chicago. Uh, Like my, my Friday night would be hitting up tower records on Clark street, then going to maybe reckless or the Quaker goes deaf and just picking up as much music as possible. So it's something where I feel that I, I learned my music taste from. You know, being in the '90s and even in the '80s, I watched a lot of MTV. Like, you know, people sit there and say MTV uh, raised them. I always thought that MTV sort of raised me because it was something. My mom was a Chicago public school teacher. I would come home, just put on MTV, and just watch the latest videos of the day and such. So it was, it was, it was a very, very good time. And I think that also helped my musical education and pedigree. Although, like, the first concert I ever went to was, like, Paula Abdul. So I I really, I must have invalidated myself (laughs) right there by talking about Paula Abdul and MC Scat Cat. It was actually Genesis was the first show. I think Paula Abdul was second or third. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I just want to thank you from the people of Chicago have benefited so much from your talent and your knowledge of music and just keeping things fresh like i myself have been very educated by to a lot of great new things um on this jute box so uh recently i took about like 10 boxes of uh, of CDs. I, I know where this is going.
1: <laughs> no, uh, He's I'm literally going to pull out 10 boxes of CD <laughs> and the rest of the podcast is he's going to hold up a disc and I'm going to tell him why that was on the jukebox.
0: No, these were all things that were on the jukebox. Um, but we took them out of the basement of uh, Simon's and put them uh, in the basement of Sfea. And um, so this is an incredible legacy an incredible uh, musicology. It really know? is. Uh, and fourteen years.
1: It's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. And it was something where it might have been fourteen years, but like for the first few t- few years, I was keeping really good tracks of what I was putting in. At one point I had an Excel spreadsheet of here was the disc, here was the number, here was the disc that went on, and here was the disc went off. So I could sort of sit there and visualize, okay, this was on there for nine months or this was on there for two years and such. So like I was very much, the the day I, I couldn't find that document anymore was one of the saddest days I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> just just running the jukebox at times, and I've said this for a while and I hope no one from my regular professional job is listening. At times running this jukebox has been one of the hardest jobs and most stressful jobs I've ever had just because you don't necessarily know how... A, crowd or a group is going to react to something. You hope for the best, but I mean, I don't think there's a better feeling in the world. Well, I mean, my wife might be listening, so there's a few better feelings in the world, (laughs) but I don't think there's a better feeling in the world than when someone gets up that's at the bar and goes over the jukebox when they hear something and tries to figure out what it is. Or the lazy technology version where they sort of hold up their phone on Shazam and sort of try and figure out what stuff is. like. That was not my phone, by the way. I turned mine off right away. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens to the producer right there.
0: Would you get in, kind of um, a time where you were working like
1: jazz or hip hop or? um, I like to think of it like a, and and this is going to sound awful. uh, Are you familiar with the CC's Pizza Buffet? If you're not, I'm understandable. It's a suburban thing, and it's, it's not something that's very good. CC's is this pizza buffet place where they have pizzas of all varieties, and they also have ice cream and all this other stuff. I've never been to a CC's, but I've seen the commercials, and it looks like a place, a very hellish place where the pizza does not look very good. I like to think of the jukebox as being like a buffet where there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. There's a lot, you know, there's stuff on there that's very commercial. Like if, if I sit there and look at the hundred c- CDs that are on there right now, there's commercial stuff on there. There's Taylor Swift is on there right now, right. for God's sakes, which of course, Katie, one of the bartenders at Simon's absolutely loves. And she was like, oh, I'm so glad you put this on there for me. And I was sort of like, yeah, sure, Katie. And the real, also, I'm sort of like, well, I actually put it on because it's not that bad of a record. It reminds <laughs> me of a Mazzy Star record at times, but not without the uh, romantic backlog that we have right there. So I like to think of it where I like to have a little bit of everything that's on there. And I, I, sort of, I sort of, when I listen to music, one of the first things I think of is, is this good for the jukebox or is this good for the room? Because you have to sort of think about it. What would people think about this? But then we also have, and this happens at times, if you're trying to keep up to date with music, there'll always be people that are not up to date with music. And I understand that. I get that. So I have a bunch of varieties. No, Gene, you don't need to raise your hand right there. But there's stuff on there where you even as, as a musician and an artist and whatever else you do, Gene, because you're a very mysterious entity in my eyes, uh, there's a lot of disc on there where it's sort of a, okay, I know that. Like that's something that's familiar to me. That's something where... It's like the apple pie sort of on that buffet where it's sort of like, I know that's familiar, but some of the other stuff that's on there, oh, I don't know that. Maybe I'll try that. So like that's something where I like to be able to bridge that. There'll usually be about 10 CDs on there that might not be on any other jukebox in the Chicagoland area just because it's something where one day I'm on a run and I have a song in my head. I'm like, you know what? I haven't had that on the jukebox in a while, or I've recently put two records that haven't been on the jukebox in a long time. The first stone roses record and the weaker that then's record, a great band from Winnipeg, Canada uh, restoration state, which was my favorite record of 2002. I was, uh, I forget what I was doing. I was actually picking up my kids from a uh, soccer. Wow. I'm going to sound so cool here. Get ready. Gene. <laughs> Get ready. Producer. Uh, I was picking up my kids from a soccer card pool. And for some reason or another, I had a Weaker Thins song in my head. And then I came home and literally I put on the Spotify and my son was listening to hip hop. And that's another story altogether. Uh, and then so I literally went downstairs and pulled out a CD that I hadn't pulled out in a while and put it in and listened to it while doing dishes. And I'm like, wow, this is really, really, really good. And it's something where I would like to think at times the CD player and the jukebox works as sort of a teaching tool, sort of a... You know, this is stuff I like, you know, and maybe it's something that you don't like. And hopefully if it's something you don't like, it doesn't offend your ears like that Converge record will. So right. it's 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 sort of a trying to figure out like the one thing that Simon's never really had until I started there was rap. And that was something at times where that's been a hard to sort of get at, to sort of get Scotty, the owner of the bar to understand. I mean, keep in mind, there's certain things that we've had on there where Scotty's been like, what? What? is this on here i believe that notorious big's ready to die his first record uh had a full week on there where it was just something where i think something was going on and i believe give me the loot was being played which uses the you know it's very colorful language gene which you know (laughs) which you know is understandable considering it's hip-hop and such but it's a it's a fantastic record and it was something where even the it's a fantastic record scott and it's a historic record doesn't necessarily hold up i think that's the only disc though that i've had in this time where he's sort of been like get that off there so yeah i turned him on to kanye west this year i think my job as a humanitarian has been done <laughs> i'll take the Nobel peace prize right now gene
0: oh absolutely um i was just very addicted to one of those uh kanye west tunes
1: um we're talking off about off the Yay record that was released, I believe, last year. As I start yeah, my it, public, it uh, says I'm NPR.
0: I'm bipolar and I like it. Yes, it's a yeah. it's a good record. I'm that waiting for that record. Jesus record
1: to come out any day now. So yeah. I, Kanye West is one of those guys where I've been with him since the beginning. I mean, not with him. It's not like I'm in his entourage or posse. <laughs> but I've always been a big fan of his, going back to when he produced stuff for Jay Z and such. So because I I when I was in high school, like I would l- watch a lot of MTV. And I'd always be a big fan of the Yo MTV Raps thing. I think the first three CDs I bought might have been. Oh, I'm really gonna age myself here, Chain. So uh, I believe it would have been Vanilla Ice to the Extreme, and then also the Two Live Crew. Uh, not the record they got busted for. The ba- the one that had banned in the USA on there. So mm. you know, I've always loved hip hop a lot, and it's it's funny because my son, who's 10 now, also really likes hip hop a lot. Like I'll play him. Rock music and hardcore punk, and he'll enjoy it. But it's something where he'll always be like, "Dad, put on 105.5 WGCI, where they play the hits." It's like, okay, and he'll know <laughs> half the stuff, and I'll be like, "What? what, wow. what, what how do you know this?" I'm, but uh, I'm like, I realize this because I feel my dad had that with me many, many moons ago.
0: Uh, you mentioned Stone Roses, uh, which is a I had no idea about them, and I'm really enjoying oh, that such a this great, last such a, week. Um, people are playing it. It's, it's really good.
1: It's probably without a doubt, I think one of my favorite debut records of all time. And it's one of those records where everything that they've done since then, it's like, they're sort of like Interpol in that regard where everything that they've done since that time doesn't compare at all, because that's really, I mean, it might be a perfect record where it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, even God, I think I forget what year that record came out, but it was 89. Was it, I think it was 89. So. Were you at Spike Island? No. (laughs) Spike Island was a famous concert that they played. Apparently they sounded like crap though. But, uh, but yeah, the stone roses were always like a big, just something where I find myself at least once or twice a year listening to that record. You know, Mm -hmm. I I, like, I, the thing was when it came to me and music, it wasn't just one genre that got me excited. It was multiple genres. It was punk rock. Like I, at one point of things that I have lost through the years, not only did I have a list uh, Excel spreadsheet of all the uh, of all the CDs around the Simon's jukebox, I also had a notebook with all the concerts I've been to, and uh, I lost that probably around 2001. And I think I was on probably 500 or something like that, just because I would go like w- in the late 90s. All I did besides the record shopping was go to punk rock shows, and I just have a really Kickass punk uh, pedigree and now that, I, now that I've said that, I feel I've sort of weakened punk rock altogether. but no, I've always been into all sorts of different varieties of music, so mm-hmm. and I think it still shows just because I look at uh, Spotify allows you to sit there and see what you know your favorite artists are of a four, eight, and year-long period, and it's, it's not necessarily one type of artist. it's all over the place. Yeah.
0: Well, I was talking to uh, Zena Burns today that I was going to do. It. Do a podcast with you, and she she asked me like, how much time are you gonna devote to Lizzo?
1: <laughs> I I think we we should devote a lot of time to Lizzo because honestly, that might be my favorite record so far this year. I mean, it's just been the fact that now it's become commercially successful is even good. That like my son will sing you know, Truth Hurts while yeah. taking a shower. It's like okay, she's doing something here that a lot of people haven't, and that record was just fantastic. Like I remember. Uh, I remember hearing a song off that and being like, okay, I could dig this. But then hearing, after hearing two or three songs, it was like, oh, I I gotta get this on there. Oh yeah. And especially right now, like 10 years ago, I would have to buy the record to figure out how it is. Now with streaming services, I can listen to the full record and usually I don't get caught up and buy it in advance where I'll listen to it and be like, oh, you know what? That's something that should go on there. Or Mm. no, I don't necessarily know how I feel about that.
0: Uh, Have... um. She's been in the mix for quite a few years, but now she's just
1: like pervasive. Everyone, everyone knows her right now. Yeah, I I believe, but I believe my mom knows who Lizzo is. So that's that's a sure (laughs) sign right there when you're hitting the seventy-five-year-old demographic.
0: Yeah, it's just such such an amalgam of different styles, like soul, hip hop. R&B. And she you know, does
1: such a good job with everything she does on yeah. there. Like, it's it's really, really good. I'm curious to see what the next record sounds like. I know I know seem like I'm jumping the gun here, but I think that's something where that's an artist where I like to sort of follow artists for a while. Like, if you notice on the jukebox, you'll see artists sort of go and change as time goes on. Like, I think for the last three years, I've been putting different Teenage Fan Club records on there. Just because that's a band that I've always liked, that I don't really think gets the recognition they have, but I've loved all those records that have been on there. So it's just a matter of sitting there. I think I've gone through three, and I think I'm going to be going on four soon enough. So, but I mean, it, it's it's part of what the fun part of this job, where it's sort of figuring out, you know, that there is sort of a, I wish I, I work in analytics, and I wish there was an equation that I could give you, Gene, that would sit there and say, okay, this is how we I pick a CD for there. Or this is how it gets off of there. Like for instance, and, and I'll bring this up and I know you don't have a list of notes or anything on there. So I feel this is free form. I could bring it up. Uh, a few, uh, about a month or so ago, you gave me a CD and you're like, this CD means a lot to me. And the CD was the Delight record that has yep. groove in the, is in the heart on it. Yeah, That is an absolutely fantastic record. That is something where I truly like that record a whole lot. The problem is if I put that CD on the jukebox, guess what's going to get played? Groove is in the heart. Guess how many times a night that's going to get played? Right. So many times where every bartender, when I came in the the bar, would just be like, Why did you do that to us? You know? (laughs) Now, if it was that later period record, like the one that came after that, that's a fantastic record as well. So I was going to tell you that today. Oh, so okay. now I'm going to mark that off on my phone. Don't need to talk to Gene about Delight. <laughs> but it's something where it. But it's something where that's the problem sometimes with this is sort of a, you might have an artist that's really, really great or a record that's really, really great. The problem is that pop hit will circumvent everything else. And then it will just become something where you're just like, oh, like the last thing I want to do is have... I, I don't want to have any bad feelings with any of the bartenders for putting something I on. I know, I know. And I could go with Grooves in the Heart maybe once or twice a night, but yeah. the problem with that is you end up ended up being like a touchtone place. And touchtone jukeboxes are one wonderful revolutionary t- technology. The problem is now everyone can pick the songs they want. And I hate to sound like uh, Stalin here or something like that. That's not necessarily the best idea <laughs> in a place. If you can have someone picking the same songs that they want again and again and again. For instance, uh, every, I work at Simon's now only once a month and I usually pick discs to put on there. One of the discs I'm putting on this week is uh, CCR, Live at Woodstock. Mm. Uh, A friend of mine recommended it and I've never been like a huge CCR fan, but I, I can appreciate what they do and such and I've always liked them. So I put it on and it's something where well, they might play Suzy Q a little bit too much, but we'll see what happens. But yeah. if it's something where if I get complaints about that disc, you know, that will be gone, you know, but it's something oh. where that's something where everyone knows who CCR is. So that hits in that genre of right. stuff where everyone knows the stuff. And it's, it's a good disc as well.
0: Have you ever been like bartending and you heard uh, a track being played and you're like, oh, God why did I put that on? There?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's plenty of times where I, I think usually after the seventh or eighth time of a song during a night where you're just like, uh, like, or, or you're, you're sitting there and the bar is full and then someone puts on two or three hardcore power violence songs and you're like, this is cool. This is being played, but I noticed customers going away that affects my bottom line. I don't mm-hmm. know It there's times like that. Yeah, yeah. Where it's something where you hear a song for like the fourth time. Um, uh, case in point a few months ago we had the guardians of the galaxy part 2 soundtrack a great 70s 1970s rock collection and it's something where there's a few genres where i feel that i'm subpar at and one of them is being the 1970s because i was born in 74 and i was never like my parents growing up had like seven or eight eight tracks and the carpenters greatest hits forever in blue jeans by neil diamond like i don't remember a lot of music stuff with my parents except for their eight track collection but the 1970s is always something that I've sort of had a, you know, I don't have the knowledge of. Like, that's something where I'll ask people about it. But, uh, you know, Gardens of the Galaxy, great soundtrack. But after you hear Mr. Blue Sky for, for the fifth time in a night, a fantastic song <laughs> the first time. It's basically the law of diminishing returns.
0: Yeah. Oh, my. Well, I, I appreciate, I really appreciate the Sonny Rollins good, good record stuff as well. on yeah. there. And um uh,
1: and jazz, jazz is something where – jazz is something there's not a lot of time where I'll sit there and say, you take that. And usually uh, Patrick O'Grady, another dear friend of ours who, uh, who's been my uh, work wife now for the last five years, uh, I usually defer to him when he comes to jazz because he, with his pointy goatee and bald head, is what I would like to call a jazz cat. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to, I like to think of like even people like Xena and everyone else. Like I like to think of them. I like to talking with them about music because they have their own opinions. Like yeah. I'll usually ask her about discs that she feels like. And there's there's people where I usually will like to talk music with people. I mean, it's it's something where we all enjoy music and we all like getting there and it's that like People are going to Simon's because of my handsome face, although they could be, 5210 North Clark in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, up in Andersonville area, Gene Poole, of course, at the door, and... uh... Rated the best, voted the best jukebox in Chicago by the readers of the Chicago uh, Reader multiple times. And hopefully we got the top four this year and hopefully...
0: Six times, right? I believe
1: it's six six or seven times. Yeah, uh-huh. there was one year where they didn't do the best jukebox. So I, I, I did tweet them asking why they didn't do the best jukebox from the Simon's Jukebox Twitter account. Asking, does this mean we won this year? So it's a technicality, <laughs> but I would like to sit there and say that we've won it multiple times. And sadly, uh-huh. that's my... That's sort of my, like, how am I doing? Am I doing a good job doing this? Because like I said before, at times, this is something where it does, I don't want to say it keeps me up at night because really nothing keeps me up at night, (laughs) but like, it's something where I think about, I seriously think a lot about the jukebox way too much.
0: Well, uh, it shows, I mean, it, it is amazing. Sometimes uh, someone like Rob Kraft will come in and play like a set, and I was like, I had no idea any of this music was on there, you know?
1: There'll be times I put stuff on there where I'll be like, I'll even go to Shazam and be like, oh, what is this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Wow. I did really good, you know? I mean, there'll be stuff on there where I'll know exactly what it is, but that's sort of the. There'll be times where I won't necessarily know every song on there, sadly, you know? Yeah. But, well,
0: my goodness. You spoke a, a little bit about uh, future future things you're going to put on there. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are you excited about?
1: Uh, I have the Miles Davis record that just came out. The I forget what it's called. It was something. It was like a lost Miles Davis record mm-hmm. because the big theory in jazz, the big trend right now in jazz, is to find. Records that basically weren't complete or weren't finished and then finish them up and send them out. Like mm-hmm. they did that with a John Coltrane record a few years ago, and now they did it with a Miles Davis. So that's something that's going in this week. Uh, what else is going on this week? Uh, Death Grips, which is a really, really fantastic hip hop duo that uh, I wanted to have them on the jukebox for a while. But it was just something where just one day like I heard a song like I, I had. For some reason or another, my Apple Music was on Shuffle, and it was something where I had three Death Grip records on there and not much else. So literally almost all the songs that were playing were Death Grip songs. It was just like, you know what? I don't think I ever had them in the jukebox. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, I sometimes like to time things accordingly with concerts that are in town. And Adam Ant did a show a few weeks ago, and it was like, uh, basically working on the Friend or Foe record. And I listened to the Friend or Foe record, and I'm like, Yeah, this is good. But then I was like, you know what? People might not know this as much as they know, like, Goody Two Shoes or Strip. So let's go ahead and let's just put a Best of Adamant on there. So Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of stuff that's coming on this week. There's a a hardcore band called Hesitation Wounds where it's one of my favorite records of the year. And it's something where the songs are short, but they're so good where it won't necessarily make make people running and screaming outside the bar. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where... All these records have been Keith tested. So <laughs> because that's the thing is I don't want to necessarily put anything awful on there, but it's also like I want to make sure that there's really good stuff on there. Every, every once in a while, Scott Martin, who owns Simons, will suggest uh, something to me. And I'll be like, yeah, whatever, Scott. Like, But then like recently he suggested – uh the band, The Alabama Shakes, their lead singer just came out with a solo record. I, I forget the name of the I record. Love that band, but that band and that the solo record is really, really, really good. I forget the singer's name as I turn on my iPhone and inconspicuously. Don't worry, it's still on. Do not disturb, just to figure out what I have on there. So right, but it's it's something where I you know I'm trying to put something like a, a few fresh discs on every month just to sit there and just get something new and fresh on there so people oh, yeah. know that the beginning of the month they can go on there. Sadly, there will be no Rocktober this year because I think for the first few years I was, I was here, I would try and do like a Rocktober theme where there would be like 12 or 13, like hard rock metal CDs Mm. or like, you know, not, not sometimes prog rock and such, but, uh, there was no Rocktober this year. So, uh, there is a Cinderella disc on there that took the place of a Motley Crue disc. So that's my tribute. That's like my, uh, what is it? A one out of, uh one percent hair metal that must be on the simon's jukebox at all times so
0: nice it's
1: it i it's, god that's why i'm turning on the phone right now so it's a great it's a great it's a very good record it was something where like okay i'll listen to it and see what happens and then it was something where i was at work one day and i was just like oh yeah I, I should listen to that record that scott recommended so i could at least sit there and give it an informed opinion when he sits there and says no uh you know when i sit there and say no uh Don't worry, there will be no ABBA on that jukebox in a while. It's just, we, we did, I think one of the most ingenious things we did was for a long time, because we are in a Swedish neighborhood, we sort of had the mandate of having an ABBA disc on at all times. And what we actually ended up doing was going to the all music guide and looking at every single ABBA record to find the one that had the least amount of songs that everyone would know on there. And that was our ABBA solution for like two or three years. We literally had all of the, you know, like we just sit there and looked and we're like, okay, there's only one song on here that would get played to death, you know, where we wouldn't have to deal with Dancing Queen. And I know there's probably people listening to this podcast right now where they're sort of like, well, why wouldn't you want people to be happy? Listen to Dancing Queen. (laughs) Imagine to me, hell is listening to Waterloo 17 times during the course of an evening, because if you basically get the Stockholm syndrome. And not just because they're a Swedish band, but like you basically are sort of like, you know what? This Waterloo song is kind of good, and you're just like, no, it's not. We know it's not good, you know. And that's not no dissing ABBA. I mean, you know, yeah. I I I I could dig mom. I dig Mamma Mia, but it's just something where I don't need that shoved down my throat.
0: Cool. So. I gotta ask you about. Um vampire weekend
1: oh yes 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 they seem right up your alley like it seems like gene you could potentially be one of the members of vampire weekend so. no.
0: <laughs> no i'm not a fan mm. i'm not a fan really
1: this su- sort of surprises me
0: gene. oh yeah well one their name sucks
1: no, I, I, it's, and it's always important to go forth with that good name and <laughs> if you don't have that good name then it sort of gets bit yeah. sort of bad
0: uh, I don't. I don't want to disparage anyone. You should
1: disparage. You should totally. You want them ravens? You want to sit there and get Ezra Kelling on your butt for sitting there and discrediting him on your podcast.
0: No. Um. I, I have a few bands that I just loathe.
1: Okay. And what What are we on this band's list besides Vampire Weekend? Besides the name, is it the, is it the name, are, or is it just other things about no, Vampire, Vampire
0: Weekend? Weekend I think their songs are trivial and stupid. Like uh, that song now um uh i was cheating on you you were cheating on me
1: you don't like that it seems like you're i love it yeah wow and
0: uh uh, the lumineers are one of the worst bands ever i'm sorry
1: Nothing wrong. It's not, it's not, by the way, I'm not wearing a Lumineer shirt right now. And Gene (laughs) isn't looking down on my chest as I'm sitting there saying this. No, I I get that. I I absolutely, there's a lot of stuff I don't like. I mean, I think, I think you, I I can't get through Mumford of Mumford and Sons without saying there being like, but, but at the same time, when that first record came out, that was fantastic. But then you hear that song again. Can't hear that song again, no. and then the next record comes out, has a song that sounds like that song again, and it just becomes. And then I start singing on Gene Pool's podcast, <laughs> like I'm Sarah <Sergio> Shocky. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 it there. I, I get it with Mufford and Sons, but my wife, yeah. my wife loves Mufford and Sons, but my I, wife isn't subjected to them like right. you and I are, are subjected right. to them. So
0: I know a lot of people who love them, and uh. They had it. They had, came out with a new record recently, and uh, I don't like to, you know, have the final say on stuff. So I listened to some of it. <laughs> Awful.
1: <laughs> and that's you know what? That's fine. I mean, that's it's something just, where I
0: find it trivial and just whiny. You know, like I, I get that. Yeah.
1: And I think that's part of the reason why there's not really a lot of country music on jukebox. You know. I mean, but it's something where for a while there, when, uh, when our good friend uh, John Green was working the bar, I would try and have a few country discs on for him because mm-hmm. I know that's what he wanted. And I know people yeah. that go there and see John Green would want to hear that country music stuff. I mean, that's not something that yeah. I'm into. I could see why people would be into it. So yeah. give him a little bit of it. Don't give him crazy. Like, because the thing was, John Green was trying to get as much country on that jukebox as possible. When John Green's shift is over, does that mean that we're going to be hearing country the whole night? No, right. we're going to be hearing silence, right. and I hate hearing silence when I'm working. <laughs> like I'll sit there and I have like probably like a five dollar bill in my pocket right now, and if it gets silent tonight while we're working, that five dollars is going to go in the jukebox, yeah. and it'll be there'll be songs that people know, but I'll also play some deep play some deep cuts for you right now, Gene Pool. Here we go on 97.9 The Drive. I'm trying to get that radio job down, Gene, while I still can. I'm trying to go on right now on the local uh, record shop that I buy all my stuff from uh, Amazon.com and try and figure out, okay, so we got the Adam Ant, uh, Best of Adam and the Ants, The Money Store by Death Grips, Hesitation Wounds, uh, the CCR. Bon Iver's latest record, Mm. uh, I.I., because I've always found what he's done has always been very interesting, Uh, but it's something where I feel at times it's an acquired taste. He's actually playing, it's the weirdest thing, he's actually playing the Allstate Arena tonight, uh, on the night that we record this, professional. Uh, uh, He's playing the, which is just, that seems like a very big building for him, but he's playing with Feist, and it looks like a good show, but of course... I'm here talking with Gene right now, uh, which which I would rather be doing than being at that. So, uh, and then the Alabama Shakes, the Jamie record is uh, like I said before. That was something where I listened to it. I was like, okay, that's very good. Rubber uh, Band is the Miles Davis record I was referring okay, to. Okay, yeah. So make sure on the notes on the show that Rubber Band, or maybe just. Put me saying it's rubber band, so I sound like a cool jazz cat right now. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a bunch oh, yeah. of stuff uh, that I got going on. But then like the weaker than record, weaker than's record that I mentioned before is also going on there. But it's it's sort of a just, I, I, I hate to say it, like every song I listen to, I sort of sit there and think it's either very quick, no, or it's something where
0: maybe you know oh. it.
1: But it's it's also trying to make it the best jukebox experience in Chicago by people coming in. Putting lots of money in there and hopefully seeing stuff that Mm -hmm. they enjoy. And like I said before, one of the best feelings I get is literally someone asking me, telling me what a good job I'm doing at the jukebox, or more importantly, sitting there going up to the jukebox and trying to figure out what stuff is.
0: Yeah. No, that happens every day. (laughs) Even for me, you know, people play stuff and I go up there and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to name a few artists and uh, you say whether they've ever. I've been on the jukebox. Sure, I,
1: I I might sound very much like uh you know just like well, yes they were on there for twelve you know like uh, I, I might sound sort of robotic here but please forgive me that's just the way my no, brain it's works. It's
0: fine, it's old school but uh, like Tom Waits,
1: Tom Waits. Uh, the my uh, my mentor Jim Langelli, was a big Tom Waits fan. Uh, I would say we haven't had a Tom Waits record on there in a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's something where every once in a while I think about putting a Tom Waits record. Yeah. I, I was off today. Uh, I was doing some stuff with my kids earlier on today, uh, but I'm a huge fan of the HBO series The Wire, and I just finished season three, and they, finish, uh, they finished the season with a montage of Tom Waits' Fast Train, and I absolutely love that song. I love a lot of Tom Waits stuff. Mm-hmm. You might see Tom Waits in the future on the jukebox, but it's something where it's, it has been a while. I think I might have had one Tom Waits record on in, in 2006. Mm-hmm. So like I said before, yes, mm-hmm. I remember that stuff pretty well. How about uh, Lucinda Williams? We had a few of her records on there, but it has been a while. I think she did a record a few years ago with Bloodshot Records, and I believe that record was on the jukebox mm-hmm. for a while because we had a nice hookup at our good friends. Uh, I definitely always try and support like, local labels like Bloodshot and Red Scare Records. So uh, I think I can't remember the last record, though, that we had of hers on there. Yeah, it's been a while. This is Gene trying to put uh, all these. No, no, I, I no, I'm there, so
0: not. I, I just, uh, he's I politicking <laughs> right here. Ladies and gentlemen, Gene pool for president no, right there. <laughs> I don't know the history. I've only been here going on seven years and, um, Oh, you missed some good times. Yeah. Well, here's a, here's a particular question. The, uh, this box is it breaks. Yeah. I it know. stops at times it's um, old it's old and uh you know i talked to andrew is the guy that puts your cd's on a jukebox
1: the ju- the current jukebox guy yes
0: yes and um i hate to bring up such a thing but Go ahead. there's very few parts
1: to replace yes.
0: anything that breaks on this thing so it's like a
1: it's... One day we will have to send it to the jukebox <laughs> nursing home. <Shame. laughs> One day that we might have to put the devil, as I like to call it, the touchtone tunes on the jukebox. Mm. But then that's when I do all the research and try and figure out how to make sure stuff doesn't get on the jukebox, where I basically try and rule it like our dictator Trump wishes he ruled America <laughs> <with it. laughs> With a firm iron fist to make sure that stuff wouldn't be on there. So, like, that's the thing where I, I have thought about that like at times. Wall, a, well, just, a, uh, just a, build a wall. Well, I'm just going to build a wall around the jukebox. <laughs> like, there will be no Fleetwood Mac other than the Rumors record on there. Like, we don't want to hear Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow a million yeah. times. And, and you know what? This might sound like the apex of music snobbery, but you know what? There's just certain things where I don't want to hear them. The other bartenders don't want to hear them. You know, just because something's available to the masses doesn't mean that it should be available to the masses.
0: Right. Right. That's why I... I That's why
1: we should just start finding all the jukeboxes that look like it, hoarding (laughs) the parts underneath (laughs) Faya's basement, along with all the discs that are on there. And then we should sit there and at least have everything ready, just in case something... Yes. Because eventually one day, you know, it's something where I will no longer have to buy discs. I will no longer have to go to the various record stores that I usually go to, like Lori's Planet of Sound or Reckless Records or Amazon, to buy these discs. And you know what? That's going to happen someday. I just hope it's no time soon. But yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's something where uh, we're talking about the zenith of 1992 technology that we have right there. Mm-hmm. 1992 was a very long time ago. Yes. So it's something where I just hope that stuff happens there where we can continue on some of the traditions of the jukebox but one day maybe the jukebox will be gone maybe we just get an old like one of the old like uh a happy days jukeboxes and just put 7 inches on there but i would have like at least 10% of it be old punk rock 7 inches from the 1990s just for cuz that's my demographic right there but uh <laughs> maybe that will happen maybe i i hope not and that's something where i i definitely hope that doesn't happen i mean i'm yeah. just and i i think i think the good thing is something where i think the ownership at the bar also does cuz i i also don't like the fact that I can pay more money on something and hear it right away where it's sort of like, I like a nice orderly cue and wow, this, this whole discussion on music and touchstones makes me seem like a really big Nazi right now. (laughs) So like really just between my hatred of country, I don't hate country Western music between that and just my hatred of touch tunes. I do not sound like the most accommodating, warm, lovable person in the world, but I just have very strong, strong opinions about how I feel about meatbox and, uh, I'm meatbox with crap. Uh, How I feel about music and how I feel about that jukebox that's in there. Yeah, that's a very special. And honestly, honestly, when I think about it, that's my third kid right there. Like you know, I have (laughs) I have Gavin, Evelyn, Juke. You know, <laughs> and I had the juke before I had either the kids, so they should know the pecking order right there. But eventually, like the kids, they will break down as well. They'll have to go in timeouts, and hopefully, we can figure out yeah. a way to repair these things. Yeah, no, I hate wow, to, way bring to up bum up me out right know, there. I I hate. To anything bring else you'd up like me to anything? bring up? <laughs> I notice though, every time I'm in a place that has an actual old school CD jukebox, right now, I'm very much, and this sounds, I'm almost like window shopping at times no, we already had that. No, we are oh that would be something good. Like I was at the G-Man a few months ago after a show at the Metro, and I I always like looking at that. But then after looking at that, I'm sort of like, okay, it seems like this is stuff, you know, that potentially anyone could find in a lot of other jukeboxes where it's something where, you know, I might take one or two discs off there, but in reality, I think they do a very good job with the jukebox that's there. I think Estelle's also, which is another bar that's up for the best of chicago as well is another place where i think they have a pretty decent jukebox
0: when you walk in the door they're like oh there he is there he is
1: (laughs) quick make sure he's not checking anything out so (laughs) no i'm sure i'm sure they're not i don't i don't necessarily frequent a lot of places gene so like i i like my nice suburban living but i do like coming in here every once in a while because that room i just i there's something about that simon's room it's hard to describe, but it's almost like magic to me, where if you have the perfect song going on at a perfect time, it's really, really good. And I don't like to, one of the things is I don't necessarily, if people come with me with jukebox selections, I usually have something where there might be a reason real quick. And if there's not, I'll usually put it down and be like, okay, well, maybe we'll do this or maybe mm-hmm. do that. Like, uh, for instance, like I said before, uh, this is the 20th year of me doing stuff at Simon's. Uh, I started in August of 1999 as a door guy Uh, to honor that, not to really honor it, but just because I was listening to it, I put on the Flaming Lips Soft Bulletin, which is one of those records where being at Simon's in 1999, people played the crap out of that record. And it's, it's a great record and it's much better than anything Flaming Lips has done since that time. So it's something where I just, hearing those songs in that room, you know, as people are drinking, and thankfully, I'm not having to deal with lots of secondhand smoke. Is just, it's a pure delight. I mean, I've never, I've always been around a lot of musicians, but I've never ever been someone that's been in a band, and this is the closest thing I'll ever have to it.
0: It's even better. I bet. I, I, well, the thing is, no one has, to, no one can throw tomatoes at me. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. What a, what a great education for people,
1: can i can i do me. a quick plug real quick so yeah, as we absolutely do here, plug uh, your
0: grandma your, I, everybody
1: <laughs> that wasn't a euphemism <laughs> right <laughs> no, jane oh,
0: oh god that sounded bad
1: <laughs> that's all right we, we're all it, it's okay i sound like a nazi after this uh but anyway uh simon's jukebox is one of the four jukeboxes uh in the chicago reader best of chicago pool we're hoping to win it again this year so definitely go to the chicago reader and vote also simon's is up for best neighborhood bar and also Best Dive for some reason. But there's also a lot of great things. A friend of mine, Brendan, is in a band, a wonderful band called The Lawrence Arms that is actually on the jukebox. They are in a category for Best World Music, which is really weird because they are three punk kids that have been around for 20 years in Chicago. So definitely vote for them. And also Red Scare Industries is another one. There's, just, there's, there's so much greatness in the music scene in Chicago and definitely support that. And Gene, there's a lot of greatness in you. So thank, thank you, you so for letting much. me know about the little part of gene pool that's in me. I'm going to go get some lava soap and hopefully get rid of it really, really quick. So That's
0: funny. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Gene Poole, and my guest, Keith Lipinski, the legend. Thank you so much.